Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Gadget Flow. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Uh, today we've got a really special guest with us. Today we are talking with Fernando Angulo, head of communications at SEMrush. So SEMrush has been around since a long, long time. Uh, we at Inventus Partners have actually been clients of SEMrush since 2012. So eight years of utilizing this service and tool. So I'm really excited to be speaking with Fernando because he's been at SEMrush since the beginning of the company's marketing efforts. He's built an all-star marketing team. So we're going to talk about remote work a little bit along with launching SEMrush. And he's definitely one of the most recognized faces for the brand uh, out there speaking at conferences all over the world, everywhere. He specializes in, you know, the B2B marketing side, e-commerce, as well as influence marketing. And he's trained some amazing teams and companies like Expedia, T-Mobile, PrestaShop and Bing. So, Fernando, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Hi, Roy. Thank you for having me here. It's great to be here today. Yeah, no, really excited to have you on. You know, we've been big fans of your software and really are excited to talk to our audience and startups and founders out there uh, in terms of how they can potentially be utilizing your tool set and this all-in-one marketing platform um, for their startup. So to begin with, usually we always like to start at the start uh, in terms of what inspired you to kind of begin working at SEMrush and get into the, the marketing field uh, as a profession. Fantastic. As, as you said, you were using um, your company, uh, SEMrush, in the last eight years, right? And I was entering the company, I, I was being part of the company nine years ago. So we are kind of at the same time starting with, with, with SEMrush. But my, um, my story starts working for, um, for a, a company called uh, Travel or Russia. I was a sales uh, person there, but I was not a, <clears throat> just a simple salesperson. I was working a lot with uh, CRMs, with, specifically with Salesforce, and uh, with a beautiful integration with Marketo. So we were um, doing a lot of automatization, and we were uh, working with tons, tons of leads every single day. So I was doing really well uh, at that time, uh, let's say 10 years ago, uh, working with Salesforce in a, in a, in, in a travel company. It, we, we were really, really innovators at that time. But it was a company that I was really interested on that it was called SEO Quake. If you or um, any of you who are listening have ever um, worked on SEO, you should be recognized the name SEO Quake. So it's a toolbar that allows you to see many, many metrics such as uh, keyword density, uh, tra traffic, links, 
uh, how many pages you have in indexed, and it's a free tool that that everybody can use. It's still free till now. So that was the one of the first projects of SEM Rush. Actually, I was part of the SEO Quake. Then we started doing the marketing um, for uh, for a project called SEM Rush. We at that at that time we only had two features, uh, two main features, which were domain um, domain domain analytics and uh, keyword research, domain research and uh, keyword research. Uh, at, at that time, of course, we wanted to help SEOs with some basic uh, tasks, such as uh, doing the keyword research, creating uh, the content, analyzing what is happening uh, with your competitors, and having all that knowledge help us to build uh, more features. Talking with customers uh, help us a lot, uh, creating more and more uh, interesting features. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember SEO Quake back in the day on the toolbar. Maybe it was on a, my Mozilla browser. Uh, yeah, the yes, we started there. We have right yeah. now more than 14 million downloads. Incredible. So let's talk about initial marketing strategy at SEMrush when you were joining in. What was that process like in terms of deciding what features to include, what benefits to highlight, and how you were able to drive, you know, long-term retention for agencies like ours, you know, in the beginning. Yes. When we started with the, the marketing, the, the first strategy that came to our mind uh, was to create a community around uh, the brand because we already have that community, but uh, the community was uh, growing very organically. So people in the SEO community, uh, they're mostly everyone, I, I can say this, are really friendly and are uh, they are really open to share all the knowledge, all the information that they, they had. And they were using a lot of uh, tools like SEMrush. I remember at that time it, it was Moss as well. And we were trying to uh, take um, a look into uh, all these people that are sharing uh, their positive feedback about SEMrush. So we created this uh, influencer uh, department and I, I was working uh, there. Well, I'm still working there. We, are, we were creating the social media, um, the social media team. We were um, creating this atmosphere where they can have access to our product owners uh, through interviews, through webinars, through um, educational events. So we created, uh, uh, well, the community was created organically, but we uh, kind of managed that community in a certain way that it was uh, beneficial for, for both parts. So we were developing the tools that the community needs, and they were being using it a lot. They were providing us with feedback, and we were uh, really happy about to Okay, we have uh, our backlog of tasks from here uh, till 2015. Then we have right now we have so so many uh, so many requests from uh, from our users, but they uh, they were the ones that help us to build. Uh, the, uh, the, all the features that we have now. We started with these two uh, main features, the uh, domain research and the keyword research. Then we moved to creating a site audit um, uh, tool, then to a, tracking, um, to, to a tracking position tool. Then we move a lot into uh, what is a PPC knowledge, uh, how you can recognize uh, uh, how much money your competitors are spending online through the uh, CPC that Google is providing 
And at that time, it was Google AdWords. So we were uh, improving a lot, lot of tools. Right now, we have around uh, 48 tools that are working really, really well. Yeah, that's impressive. And I, I always love the fact when companies dive into their customers and ask for that feedback. So I'm really interested in how you went about collecting and getting feedback from your community and then how you parse out from your development team in terms of what features to you know roll out. Oh, yes. That's a good one because at the, at the beginning, we're going to figure it out what is the best way to collect feedback, right? And who are the people that we need to reach out in order to say, hey, uh, can you tell me what is the... Um, you know, what are the things that we, we can improve in the tool? But of course, we started uh, doing that uh, to our um, most active customers and the people who were uh, most active in, in social media. Uh, so we selected a group of uh, at least, I will say at the beginning, uh, 200 people, uh, and we opened to them uh, our beta testing options. Of course, we, uh, we share with them all the new features, we um, had a really great communication. We still have with most of them saying, okay, these are the, the, the tools that most of the people uh, were asking. Uh, please try this one or try that one. So the first strategy was uh, just selecting a group of people. But, okay, 200 people is a large, uh, sounds like a large number, but at that moment, we already have around 100,000 users. Uh, so we needed to increase a little bit the number, and we integrated a tool that is called User Voice. We still have that tool uh, in, in our main platform. You can go there uh, into uh, User Voice, and it's, it's a forum, right, where you can create the main uh, ideas. Uh, you can specify what exactly you want, and other people can go there and vote for that idea. And our product owners will see uh, the, um, the ideas, the topics that has more uh, votes, and they will take them, and the communication will be from there saying, okay, we need a couple of weeks to create this or to add this feature to an already existing tool, or we need uh, we are taking this tool into, into our uh, backlog development tax flow, and we are going to be starting working with this. So with the second option, uh, integrating a, a software or a forum uh, into this uh, communication process, that was even more helpful because all the people who uh, use SEMrush at that time can uh, could just enter uh, there and left their uh, opinions, their uh, features that they, they wanted. And of course, it's, it's working really well right now. From 100,000 users that we had uh, uh, at, the, at the first two years, right now we have more than 5 million. So it's something that is still working, but we really love to do the small groups. We are um, gathering still, we are we're still gathering a lot of uh, influencers. Well, this year, no, obviously, but last year we got most of our influencers uh, in Portugal. A couple of years ago was in Finland. Uh, so we have some fun with them, but we also uh, request a lot of their uh, feedback on our tools. Impressive. So I know a lot of our startups and founders would love to not only have a community of 100,000, but maybe a couple thousand to, to get and solicit feedback from. What were some of the initial challenges that the company went through to get their first 100 or first 1,000 or 10,000 customers into that community? Well, I, 
uh, I openly can say that at the beginning, of course, we needed to give access to our tools for a lot of people uh, for free. So we were a freemium platform. Uh, and of course, we don't know, well, we didn't know at that, that time uh, how big we're going to be, how uh, we need to approach other strategies, uh, not only SEO, because SEO was the core of our platform. But at some point, we uh, we uh, saw that, okay, SEO is growing well, but most of the people are into content creation because that's something specific that an SEO can do, which is content creation, um, modifying all the structure of the content, putting there all the tags, all the, all the keywords. Uh, so we went more into content creation tools, into content marketing tools. That was something uh, really difficult because you are talking with SEOs. But there are other type of uh, users that are uh, mostly uh, copywriters or in some other cases are journalists. They are not talking the technical language that SEOs are, are um, used to, uh, to talk. So we uh, changed a little bit the way we were approaching different audiences. Uh, and then we understood that, okay, you have content, but you need to promote that. And we integrated also social media tools where you can uh, post uh, in whatever social network that you want. You can promote there. You can do uh, Facebook ads as well uh, through SEMrush. So we, we were integrating all the major strategies uh, step by step, just understanding how people were um, needing that or uh, or other feature. So that was the most challenging thing, uh, understanding how these uh, different specialists, these different uh, type of users are consuming uh, content. And uh, I believe we kind of got it. Uh, we created different tools for education. We have our own academy uh, where if you want to learn SEO, technical SEO, advanced SEO, or you want to understand how uh, the fundamentals of content marketing, how you need to promote your content. So we have all those courses there and they are really accessible. Actually, they are free. Uh, the, only, the only need that you, you need to invest there is your time. Absolutely. So with all the marketing efforts that you've put forth over the years with SEMrush, where have you seen the biggest ROI? I mean, I know you've mentioned, you know, working with influencers recently, but certainly that's kind of an add on marketing element to, you know, having a community of 5 million paid subscribers. What were some of the things that you did very early on that drove the most significant traction? Well, I believe um, influencer was a, a, a really good, still, it's a, it's a really important part. But we also have this affiliate uh, program uh, since the beginning, and it was and it still is uh, working really well. I believe in, in our industry, well, in, in search marketing, we are uh, the main company who still have this affiliate program, which is uh, our own. We don't depend from uh, another companies. Um, we are offering, uh, we were offering since the beginning for all, for all our uh, referrals to have uh, this earning of 40% for all, all the time uh, that a, a, a user will acquire um, a product of SEMrush. So 40% is kind of very exciting to have, right? And we have right now, I don't know how many uh, affiliates, I believe more than 50,000 all, all over the world. But that was something that um, helped us to, gr to grow a lot in non-speaking countries. Actually, that was a really good 
point for us that we, we, we didn't stay only in, in the U.S. market and the U.K. market, but we also, when we saw that, oh, my God, there are people in, in Spain, in Italy, in France that want to use uh, our services, see what are, the, num what are the, the numbers in their own languages and in their own locations. So we uh, immediately... After three years of starting SEMrush, uh, we uh, moved to Spanish, then uh, Portuguese, then Italian. And then right now we have, I believe, more than eight languages and databases in more than 145 countries. No, it's truly impressive. I saw on the blog that you kind of control or at least post all of the uh, Spanish content on a separate subdomain, specifically, you know, tiered toward that audience, which you know, obviously, as, as you grow and scale the company, needing to target in a localized language and make it feel a little bit more at home for those customers. So it's great to see that, you know, the, the platform that you guys have and the user base that you have continues to drive the overall direction in terms of where you're seeing growth and where you're able to go and get and find more customers for the platform. Oh, yes. Let me add something to that. When we uh, started uh, working inside of those countries, we didn't have an office in, in Italy or in Spain, or we, we didn't even have an office in, in the UK, right, or in Australia. But when we started visiting those countries for conferences, for um, product meetings, for workshops, people from those countries, they were having the feeling, so this perception that, Uh, we had an office there and we are local. So we, are, we, we, we were locals in, in those countries. Um, I, I believe that was something fantastic and that any brand would love to have. You are a global company working in uh, different countries, right? And the perception of the people of those countries uh, were, oh, yes, Sembrash. Yes, it's something that we are producing because we know, for example, in Spain, Fernando or in Italy, oh, we know, we know, uh, we know Mario. Oh, we know this. So people from the company uh, became very visible for those markets. And when I was in Australia a couple of years ago, uh, people from there, they are very sure that we have offices there. We never say that we have uh, in, in any office there. We have repre uh, we have um, country managers, but we uh, our main offices are in, in, in Boston in, in, in the United States. Yeah, no, it's impressive. And again, you know, in this global world we have, I know, you know, SEMrush has been a remote team for, you know, over a decade. And I know, you know, considering the way the world is now, you definitely have some experience in terms of, you know, how to work remotely and, you know, keep staff engaged during this, you know, pandemic that we're in. So what are some of the things that, startups, entrepreneurs, founders, new companies that are just launching look to remote work as potentially the, the overarching future of work. And how have you guys been able to do it so successfully at SEMrush? Oh, yes. That's a good um, portion of our story because we were uh, working, uh, well, I was working from uh, St. Petersburg in Russia. We, had, uh, we, we have colleagues in, in, in Philly. Then we have uh, other colleagues in, in Cyprus, then uh, in Prague, because uh, we are expanded all over the world. We have colleagues in, in Brazil. And we were working uh, with them since, I don't know, seven years ago. Uh, well, with, with, with Philadelphia, it was from the, from the beginning. But for, with other regions, we had um, colleagues in, in, in Japan. We had colleagues in, well, basically in, 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 every, in, in every country in the world. But we thought that 
having these people inside the company will will keep us very um, very engaged with our uh, different communities. Well, remote remote working for us is basically uh, trust with the employee. Uh, needs to have a high level of collaboration, discipline, and of course, uh, for us, it's a functional system. It's something that is working. Actually, I'm I'm working uh, from Prague right now, and we have an office with uh, about uh, 200 people here. And one of the messages that we received a couple of weeks ago from our CEO it was that okay, the situations in the world are really different. In different parts of the world, are different right now uh, with the COVID. 19 and for example uh, for all the company no no matter where you are you can work from home till the end of this year so no matter if the situation is better or not improving let's be sure that you are comfortable uh, uh, let's be sure that you are not worrying about when I need to go back to the office right so it's a functional system to have people uh, working remotely because we are very flexible our internal structure is um, based on basically trust with, uh, w- within each other because we are uh, presenting our results uh, not to the sea um, level basically, but inside to the whole company. We have these demo sessions uh, team by team. And when we had, for example, uh, 100 people, it was really easy to do uh, when we started growing to 500 people. It was kind of complicated. Right now, we're about thousand people. It's really hard to do. So we changed from one structure of working, uh, which is uh, agile, uh, um, and we were working basically with KPIs. Then we moved to OK, uh, OKRs, objective key results. Uh, right now, we are working with uh, something that is called a rhythm that uh, Spotify started uh, three or four years ago. We integrated that approach uh, that workflow in, in into SEMrush we call it SEMrush um, rhythm uh, that is telling you okay you you are part of this big structure but everybody uh, has the possibility to know uh, what you are doing and they can collaborate with you so everything is really transparent with this with this structure having that uh, having uh, remote teams even having um, employees that are contractors that are not part of, of your team that are working is uh, it's really easy to to manage I will say um, as I was t- telling you from at the beginning I'm here in Prague but basically all the team that I uh, that I have in into my manage are are basically in the US uh, some of them are in in USA uh, some uh, sorry in Russia uh, others are in Estonia then I have others in, uh, in in Latin America, for example. I need to have at least one hour uh, bridge per, uh, every day to speak with them, uh, to to say, uh, okay, what are the things that you are doing today and what are the things that you were doing yesterday? Basically, we have this bridge of communication every single uh, day. Um, it's really, really uh, transparent and it's working. No, it's great to hear. You know, it's it's interesting as as marketers today. I think you know our our goal is to always continually try and you know add value, creative thinking, and truly just problem solving for our clients. And you know, try not to lose our focus in the process, given what's going on. And you know, a lot of people right now are doing work with you know pajamas on and six year olds running around screaming in the background. You know, I know we both have daughters, so. You know, hopefully that doesn't change, you know, our overall capacity for our great thinking and output, you know, but 
you know, we are fortunate that we're living in a mobile world world first. So I'm really interested to see your insights or take on, you know, what is the rest of this, not necessarily year, but maybe decade of marketing look like? And I know it's, you know, uh, <laughs> not potentially appropriate maybe to, to try and look that far ahead because we, we're dealing with all of these issues now. But what does the rest of, let's say, the decade look like for 2020 to 2030? for marketers or the marketing industry in general. Any take on that? Yes, I was, I was thinking a lot of, of, about the, this situation. Well, not for the next uh, 10 years, but at least for the next five years. But I think we can, uh, we're gonna spread our imagination here. We can expand our imagination. And, and I have this, um, this vision that all marketers uh, divide into three, uh, three different categories. The first categories of marketers are the ones who are doing the, the same things that uh, we did, uh, I mean, SEMrush, at the beginning. We, um, those marketers are focusing, and they will be focusing for the next uh, five years at least, uh, into users. So they will, they will be working in this user-centric model, asking users what they need, solving users' problems, asking what they uh, want. And this is something really good when you are starting. Of course, uh, after that, when you have more than 500 employees, you, you are growing a lot, you still need to be uh, doing that, but into a different way. So that's the first uh, category of marketers, user-centric uh, users. The second category are the ones who are going to be entering the, uh, the digital marketing world uh, from... Uh, offline uh, experiences. Um, well, the, during the last three months, we have uh, so many, so many newcomers to this, uh, to this online industry. We were not expecting for them, at least for the next five years, but most of them are, are already part of us. And these search queries, for example, how to sell online uh, is really popular right now. How to create a web page, how to build uh, your e-commerce online uh, is really, really trendy. Uh, still is now. So all these new marketers, new people who are coming are going to be just copying what the first category of users are doing. So uh, the first category of marketers are doing. So trying to identify users' problem, but doing um, the same thing that uh, other marketers are, are, are doing, just following the trends. So they're going to be the followers. Uh, ones are going to be the ones with the, these 200 people asking questions. The other ones are going to be just trying to identify uh, by copy-pasting which is not bad, but that's the, that's, that's the beginning as well. Uh, the third part of marketers are going to be the ones who are going to be using data. They're going to be using um, uh, user behavior data. They're going to be analyzing user intent. So they're going to be part of big corporation, big brands who are already working with uh, first-party data, uh, trying to identify what is the next uh, big thing for uh, your user, anticipating their search queries, working a lot with artificial intelligence, machine, machine learning, trying to uh, get those ads in, their, in the place where the users are uh, automatically uh, with uh, large budgets. So those are the next-gen uh, uh, marketers who, that are right now working in, in, in most of the uh, biggest brands. They are not doing these focus groups because they don't need to. They just need to look into their uh, big data 
uh, databases. Absolutely. So keeping in line with what does the future look like, I'm interested to hear what does the future of SEMrush look like? Where are you guys going direction-wise in terms of the amazing tools and tool stacks that you guys have built for marketers around the world? Oh, yes. SEMrush and SEMrush uh, founders, uh, not because I work there, but um, because I, I I know them. They're really smart. They are uh, diversifying the, the line of products that uh, they are creating. Uh, when we started diversifying from SEO to content marketing to social marketing, that was a really smart move. Then we introduced uh, promotional ads. That was really good. But right now we are working a lot into a new project that is called uh, Sellerly. It's a different product powered by uh, SEMrush uh, data that is entirely working 100% with, uh, um, well, in Amazon. You can uh, go there. It's a free product right now. Uh, we have this A-B testing for your product listings in, in on Amazon. So if you are a new uh, seller on Amazon or an old seller with a big, uh, big, big uh, list of products there, you can just uh, enter all your products and do A-B testing with real users, of course, and have the knowledge about what is the best content that, that is working, what is the CTA that is working, the description that is working, the images that are working the best uh, for your Amazon products. With all that knowledge, uh, well, we're trying to build more um, more useful uh, tools, more useful features for uh, the next uh, year, well, for the years, years to come. Impressive. Well, Fernando, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good to go? Ready to go. All right. So what inspired you to be a marketer? Oh, yes. I really love to talk uh, to people, but I really love to influence into people's minds. Impressive. So if you could meet with, let's say, any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Oh, that, that guy will be... Actually, I already did... Um, um, that guy is uh, the the writer of the GTD uh, philosophy, which which is getting things done. Uh, his name is oh my god, I don't remember his name. GTD. Uh, yes, David Allen. Oh yes, David. So, uh, what's your favorite marketing blog besides SEMrush, of course? Oh, I really love um, uh, Search Engine uh, Journal and Search Engine Land. But the one that I was uh, following a lot uh, the last uh, couple of years was SEO Roundtable by uh, Barry Schwartz. Yeah, Barry is a solid marketer out there. Um, Any business books that you'd recommend to our listeners or intro to marketing or SEO books that you'd recommend to some startup founders and entrepreneurs? Oh yes, actually, uh, most of the uh, most of the books of uh, Seth Godin are, are are really great. I really love the the Purple Cow. Then, when you are uh, working with different projects at the same time, of course, getting things done. GTD by uh, David Allen is really easy, easy to implement. And if we're talking about uh, SEO, I have this uh, this book that I was reading like the second time. Uh, uh, written by uh, Aleida Solis are the fundamentals of SEO. It's in Spanish. Everybody is is waiting for the English version, but it's really, really great. Impressive. Last question, and I'm very interested to hear your take just because you're at the forefront of this. What does the future of marketing look like? Well, I believe that 
during the um, the last five years when all uh, the startups were uh, trying to identify their most uh, valued uh, product, their, their unique uh, selling propositions. Uh, they wanted to get uh, a more invest in investment. Uh, there are thousand, I will say, hundred thousand of of them um, out there. So there are just a few that reach out uh, to their desired goal. Right now, during the next uh, years, twenty years to come, they will need to be more visible. So. If you want to do anything online, you will need to promote that through marketing tools, through marketing with marketing tools, through marketing strategies. So the future of marketing here will be to promoting any brilliant idea that these innovators from startups had during the last five years. They are implementing right now, uh, but they don't have the ways to promote that. To promote anything for those startups, well, of the startups that are running uh, right now, future marketers, they will need to implement uh, most of the uh, automatization tools, most of the tools that requires uh, less uh, human engagement, but more data, uh, data mining. And that's, that's the knowledge that you will need to, to have. So I will say uh, marketing will become more technical, more, more technical. Absolutely. And to keep on this knowledge base of giving, uh, you've been kind enough to give all of our listeners two weeks of free usage, no credit card needed. Go to the website. We'll include the link and use Art of the Kickstart as a code so you can get started on your knowledge and learning and see how SEM Rush can help your startup grow and make sure that you're targeting all the right keywords and seeing what your competitors are out there doing and all of the other amazing tool sets that they have built. So thank you, Fernando. Audience, obviously, thank you again for tuning in to Art of the Kickstart. Make sure to go check out the website for the links and everything we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Product Hype. Fernando Angulo, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thank you, Roy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.